if someone's in my life that has, let's say, a difficult behavior pattern, and I call it toxic or difficult, or I want something, quote, better. Well, the reality is, is I'm in this relationship. I have attracted and manifested this for certain purpose and reason. If I have genuine, authentic feelings about this person and can stay in that zone of acceptance of who they are without comparing myself and my value according to their actions or how they make me feel, Mm -hmm. then there's nothing wrong with choosing to love that person or be around that person. However, if I'm choosing to love that person and then I'm judging them or I'm feeling afflicted by all of their negative talk or judgment or whatever, now I'm playing in the same field as they are and I'm becoming that energy. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. On today's episode, I am, as always, but extra special today, super excited. I have Leah Guy, who is known as the Modern Sage and is the owner of the Modern Sage product line and podcast, as well as a girl named Guy Productions, a lifestyle media company. She is the new thought leader and expert in emotional healing, personal development, and she's authored three books, including Overcoming Toxic Emotions, A Practical Guide to Building Better Relationships with Yourself and Others. Leah, welcome to the show. This is, well, let me back up and just say, I just did a Tony Robbins event virtually this past weekend with Unleash the Power Within. And while it doesn't focus on toxic emotions, it's more limiting beliefs and overcoming them. And I'm always on the bandwagon for mindset. This is my like favorite thing to really help human beings with. So welcome. And I can hardly wait to hear all of the magic that you have to share. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. So share your journey. Uh, (laughs) As everyone's, you know, it's a full life journey. Um, Well, I got into the healing arts by way of attending to my own personal traumas. There's a popular phrase called the wounded healer, if you will. And Mm. I am that. And my trauma started at a young age. And by the time I was 20, 21, 22, I'd kind of hit the pinnacle of pain. And I was kind of down on my knees. You know, I'd been through several things. I mentioned in my books, uh, rape. My aunt was murdered when I was young. My parents were divorced within the same year. I developed an eating disorder. I had an anxiety issue, addiction, a lot of different things going on. And I was unable to find 
help for myself. And finally, I did by going to this school, in fact, for it's called the School of Enlightenment and Healing for Energy Medicine, Mind Body Healing and Meditation and Wellness. And it was a life changer for me. So I've always had interest in spirituality and entrepreneurship ever since I was a child. You know, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform, inter- interview people, and be in health and wellness in some capacity. And I was very connected to my spiritual life. And over the years, it's just morphed altogether. Mm-hmm. to develop into a practice and books and courses and retreats and all that. Did you know when you were first getting started that this is what will happen? No, I had no idea. Although I was working in a health food store when I was going to that school and going through a lot of therapy myself, I was working in a health food store. And then soon after that first school, I got interested in physical body work. So then I went to another school for that. And I then decided very quickly that I wanted to work with clients, but I also wanted to do media because I love to use my voice. Mm -hmm. So right after that, I started doing both. So I guess I would say not initially, but I was pretty hooked in to the two paths right away. Which is incredible. Now, was it challenging for you or did everything flow to kind of have two paths at the same time? Because I know a lot of people want to do that and then struggle with it because they don't know which thing to focus time on. Right. It is frustrating. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Challenging might be, but anything's challenging at times. And it flowed a lot of times, but there was a constant frustration of juggling so many hats. I don't know that I would recommend it to the extent that I did it because I had multiple things going on across the business platform and in my personal life. So I don't know that that's actually the best way, but I do feel like my attention to both aspects of my personality and interest and holding space for both of those things was very rewarding. Although I may have not gotten as far as I wanted to go as quickly when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was rewarding to me personally. And so I'm glad that I did it. That's amazing. What's the thing that you've learned from growing your own business? I think it requires a lot of self-reflection and self-responsibility. Clearly, when you have your own business, there's so many things to take care of, so many pragmatic things to take care of, but there's also learning how to set your own boundaries for yourself, personal space, personal boundaries, work boundaries, learning how to attend to the balance of your mind and your emotions within your realm, because a lot of people work for themselves. You know, there's no line separation between what they're doing and how they're living, which is a beautiful gift in many ways. But sometimes we need to have clarity in our personal containers and our physical space and in our communications and all of that. So it can very easily get overwhelming and just feel like you're drowning in other people's needs and expectations of you. So I think learning that for myself has been very helpful in everything that I do. Yeah, I see that with a lot of my clients where they're so used to taking care of the family or their kids and being a partner they don't prioritize themselves or their business the same way. Um, And they have a hard time acknowledging that doing the work that they're doing really fills them up. Yeah. 
it's hard when you have other hats to wear to really carve out the time and declare for yourself that this is my work time. And although other people may have needs during this time, if you were working for a corporation and you were traveling to work and within the confines of the walls and the schedule and the clocking in and out or whatever, you are unavailable by and large. And so we need to really respect that for our own selves within our personal work. Yeah, absolutely. Let's share a little bit about the book. I'm very curious about it. What prompted you to write it? I've written several courses on emotional healing and wellness. And as I always say with all of my books, selfishly, the reason I write them is because I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> like I would be an awful Broadway performer. I could not do the same show every night, you know? Yeah. Um, so selfishly, that's why I wrote it. But at large, witnessing and hearing the repetitive conversations of people in their personal lives and in their business lives, in particular, the always looking outside of oneself and blaming their boss or talking about what their spouse did or how their coworker treats them or all these things. And it's always about everyone else, right? And the truth is for us to have, make any change in our lives and to have any better experience, we know this, but the only person we can change or affect is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we change and affect ourselves, the byproduct is the atmosphere and the energetic exchange between people also changes. So if you want to have any kind of positive effect or make change with others, it still goes back to self. So I really wanted to try to create a book, and I think I did, with a very simple method that people can use to focus their energy and attention on themselves, reframe the dynamic in the relationship, and truly step into a healthier relationship with themselves and with other people. So a lot of people, for example, talk about narcissism these days, and we always hear about the narcissist and the victim. Well, I'm more interested in talking about the person who's in the relationship with the narcissist. And it's not just defending ourselves. It's why are we there? We're getting something from every situation that we put ourselves in. And yes, we can go too far by taking all responsibility for all things that happen to us. But if we don't take responsibility for how we actually feel and the actions that we're taking in our lives and the people that we're choosing to surround ourselves with, then we are powerless. And that powerlessness is really what feeds this idea of, I'm not happy because of so-and-so, and this isn't right because they're treating me wrong, and this person's bad. And again, it goes into blaming everything around them. So the book is really about empowering a person, teaching a person very simply how to refocus and reframe back to themselves, and then how to nurture themselves in a very easy way to sustain a higher, healthier, and more vibrant feeling. What do you see happening when people start shifting their energy and making those internal changes? What happens in their external world? Well, many things. So one difficulty people have is if it were just so easy to tell ourselves mentally or to do one practice and then change, we would all have done it by now. What happens is we get addicted and magnetized to the frequency, to the beliefs, to the experience that we've had throughout the majority of our lives. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that happens is people will experience a great shift and then they'll get challenged or have familiar feelings and experiences from their past. And then they get um, disappointed or feel like they're going backwards or disheartened that nothing is really changing. 
but on the positive side, I think what can happen is once we learn to sustain a higher and better feeling for ourselves, we automatically start attracting new and different experiences into our lives. For example, just last week, I have a new project that I'm working on and I haven't even publicly said this yet, but I'm working on it this coming year. And so to do that, I have to make space in my life. And so I've decided to limit part of my previous work. And for me, it feels right. It feels scary. It feels like, am I making the wrong decision? Am I going to lose my income? You know, there's all these doubts and questions. But as soon as I decided that and moved my focus and energy towards this new endeavor, and as soon as I released the fear of, am I going to make it financially because I'm potentially losing all these other things, an opportunity came in the email, a higher dollar opportunity out of nowhere, a company I worked with years ago. And so it was just confirmation for me of that vacuum effect. The universe operates in a vacuum and it will fill the vacuum once we create it. But if we don't create it and we keep everything stuffed in there so tightly, then nothing really changes. So there is great possibility to attract new and different energy relationships, experiences, and just a different sense of wholeness Mm -hmm. if we work on our internal. And I'm laughing and mirroring you because I just did the same thing where there's this project that I've been wanting to play with for four years and I haven't done anything on it. And I just decided really like firmly last week that I'm going to let go of one of my offerings and not that it isn't great and I don't love it and everything else, but I really want to be able to focus on this other project. And literally this week I've had three opportunities come in because I've let that thing go. Right. Because there's all this peace and freedom, right? But it's so powerful. Yes, it is. And you know, it's very easy to talk about what we need to release in our life. But what's equally powerful is talking about what we want to bring into our life and believing in ourselves so much and raising our vibration enough to meet the new, exciting, shiny thing, whatever it is, into our lives. And so... I think that's one of the key steps that a lot of people not necessarily lose focus on, but it doesn't get talked about a lot. We talk about what can we release? What can we let go of? Just like you and I are talking and because there's a very clear definition of, okay, I let that go. And now this happened, but what if we just turn our attention towards all the yeses in our life and not focus so much on what we need to say no to it creates the same magnetism, if you will. Wouldn't it even create more magnetism, like more attraction because you're focused on all the positive instead of like, there is a certain, I think at a point, a certain negativity or lack of the letting go too. It's like, I finally got rid of this baggage. Right. I like to think of it more so in the way of how the heart's speaking to you about it. And if the heart is saying yes, because sometimes with positivity and negativity, We get judgmental about those words. I need to be more positive. I'm not positive enough. You're too focused on the negative, you know? And so to release the judgment of the mind, if we get into the heart space and go, what does this feel like? Does this feel good? Does this feel exciting? Does this feel like a yes? And there, if we follow that feeling, instead of that familiar feeling of this feels low, this feels dark, this feels empty, this feels painful. And so for those people that have trouble sometimes convincing themselves or getting into a positive frame of mind, I just invite them to, well, then ask yourself how this feels for you. What's your authentic feeling about this? Yeah. How can we attract 
better people into our lives? Well, just by doing that. Well, so then we have to look at the word better again. It's like, what is better? (laughs) You know, we get judgmental about, can we accept the people that are in our lives for who they are? And if we can, then it's fine to have whomever in our lives because we're not being triggered. We're not judging ourselves, our self-worth, our value, our happiness off of someone else. Okay. So if someone's in my life that has, let's say a difficult behavior pattern and I call it toxic or difficult, or I want something quote better. Well, the reality is, is I'm in this relationship. I have attracted and manifested this for certain purpose and reason. If I have genuine authentic feelings about this person and can stay in that zone of acceptance of who they are without comparing myself and my value according to their actions or how they make me feel, Mm -hmm. then there's nothing wrong with choosing to love that person or be around that person. However, if I'm choosing to love that person and then I'm judging them or I'm feeling afflicted by all of their negative talk or judgment or whatever, now I'm playing in the same field as they are and I'm becoming that energy, right? So in that case, it's a simple personal choice of, I can accept you, but I choose to not be around this any longer. But until we make those internal changes, in my book, I create a simple scale of zero to 10 to talk about emotional imprints and what your vibrational frequency is according to your emotional imprint when you were younger. Most people are still operating from that place of their imprint. And often that is a lower imprint. So they're going to attract people that match that and experiences throughout their whole life. And the problem that most people have is they'll feel like a five and want to be a 10. And then they'll go out and have a 10 experience and go, I want this. And anything less than a 10 doesn't feel good. Well, it's not rational or practical to jump from a five to a 10. If we're with a person who feels like a five also, because we're a five, We can't expect the person to be a 10. We're not a 10, right? So we have to learn. These are the tools in the book. How can I learn to be a five and a half or a six and sustain that? How can I take myself to this place where I can sustain it and not jump back and forth and up and down and reach for these experiences and highs that are only really serving our addiction pattern, our addiction to our pain, our addiction to our lower feeling. So the whole key is learning to make choices for ourselves and heal the inner parts of us, our inner child, our inner critic, the different parts of us that are displaying negative messages and that we can learn to self-soothe and create boundaries and have a new relationship with ourselves and sustain a higher vibration. Now, if I'm vibrating at a seven, probably not going to be as attracted to a five. There's probably going to be underlying issues that just aren't going to be a match because it's not a match. So whatever we're with right now, We have to come to the honesty and the acknowledgement that this is a match for me. And when it's no longer a match, it will not work. It won't work. And if that's the truth, then if we're willing to stay in something that doesn't work, then that says something about us, that we have an inflated sense of self, but we're not actually willing to do the work itself. Why do you think people stay in relationships that don't work for them. Like they know they don't, but they don't want to make the change either. It's addiction to a form of self-sabotage and pain. It's addiction to a lower feeling. I mean, I've had that exact thing happen in my life for years. I was with someone comfortable, familiar, 
had not even similar traits, just similar energy patterns and emotional patterns that reminded me of my grandparents, my father figures, what have you. And it was very familiar. And so there were times when I thought, this doesn't work for me. I don't want this. Rationally, we can know that, but that's why it takes more than just the mind because we're all very smart creatures. We have to get into our emotional body. We have to get into our energy body and say, I'm still vibrating at this place. My fear, my limited beliefs, my self-worth are connected to this feeling and to this comfort place. This is what I believe is true for me. This is what I believe is how love feels or how good should feel. Mm -hmm. If we know different and we want different, we have to apply that knowing and loving to ourselves. And when we don't, then we're not really doing anything different besides talking about what we want and how the other person is bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes time to kind of acknowledge that like, oh, it's time to move on from somebody. Yeah, it can. It can take time for us to acknowledge within ourselves, oh, something's different within me. And not only is it just different from Monday to Friday, months down the road. And that's what I mean when I say learn how to sustain something. I can go out today and have a fantastic time with a friend who's positive and spiritual and successful and feel great. And I can go, yes, that's what I want in my life. And that's what I'm going to carry forward. And then I can go listen to a podcast and I can be encouraged. But until I learn how to self-soothe, how to self-validate, how to meet my own emotional needs, until I learn how to do that and sustain that for a period of time that I'm just vacillating up and down, back and forth. And that's where most people exist. They go up, they come down, they go up, they come down. It's just like an addiction, just like a drug. And we do that in our lives. Right. And you cover all of that in the book too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an easy read. It's really an easy read, yeah. Yeah, Where can everybody get the book? Anywhere books are sold on all the platforms and on audible as well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we can get the link and the show notes. So everybody who wants to start shifting their relationships and really it's them creating a higher vibe, higher law of attraction. Yes. Give them all of the steps. And And the same is true for relationship and business. It's the same applications of our personal relationships and Mm -hmm. our relationships in business and any kind of partnerships that we have. Right. Share with me a little bit about how that works in business. Like for me, there's a natural tie to sales and leadership, but what for you think is the biggest area that people can make shifts quickly? Well, for example, if let's just take a brick and mortar, although I know those are becoming non-existent, but if you have a storefront, your belief about yourself and the energy you put toward it is going to reflect in that. The belief about how much money should be made or could be made. You know, we go in with all of these expectations and we set limits for ourselves unnecessarily. Limits have nothing to do with reality. It only has to do with our perception of worth. And so if there was literally no limits and we have a connection and a belief within ourselves of the value of what we're offering, then there is no insecurities, there's no shame, there's no lowering prices to make sure somebody can afford it. You know, like what's your heart? Where's your heart centered resonating with your work? And like for me, for example, I have tried to keep my prices very 
moderate because part of my work and part of my heart mission is to make it accessible to people that might not otherwise be able to have the kind of care that I think is necessary. Right. That's coming from a place of love, not from a, oh, I don't think people oh, can afford it or I don't think I'm worth that. Right. So it's just all a reflection of our internal value and our internal sense of self and worth, how we create the boundaries in our business structure, right. you know, how we set up the expectation. Yeah, I'm so glad you're saying that too, because making the decision intentionally to have moderately priced offerings, like that's a strategy. It's not an emotional reaction. Right. Just to close them, like, oh, I gave them whatever off so that they wouldn't have paid any more. And I push my clients to really set big goals that feel uncomfortable when it comes to revenue and money, because as they're working towards that, then they see they get it. And then it's like, let's go to the next thing. And they're excited. One of my favorite things, Emmy, well, it's not my favorite things, but it's a very clear transaction is when we give a great deal or lower the price and then people buy into it. And we do that out of a sense of obligation almost, or that desperation or what have you. And then people buy into it and then they're somehow dissatisfied or don't leave the review that we wanted or whatever. And then we get disappointed in the person because it's almost like, how dare you? I offered this lower or I gave this for less price. But what we're really disappointed is ourselves because we abandoned ourselves, and they don't owe us anything. It's a choice that we make. And so that's why it's really important for people to feel very aligned with their value, whatever that is, and offer it from a place of clarity and integrity and not trying to prove something. It's not an ego-based thing. We're not trying to get validation. We're not having false expectations. It's just a really true heart-based and intention-based way to model our business. And I think when people do that, it's such an example for other people. You know, people trust you. And even if they can't afford your services, they know that the integrity and the trust that you've put out there, they will remember you for the rest of their lives. And so it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they value the transformation more when they can invest with you yes, and they're doing yes. more of the work for themselves because it is heart centered. Right. Yes. That's great. So Leah, this has been amazing. I'm going to have to get your book. I'm like really excited. Aww. And I'm curious, how has all of your work affected your leadership style? You mean leadership style as far as growing your business? Yeah, that's really interesting. I never really went into this work with a growth mindset. And I know that might sound counterproductive or counterintuitive to someone like you. I honestly really live with that open space of trust and not knowing. And in fact, I joined this women's group online and they were so money focused and so goal-oriented, that it was a, such a turnoff to me. I had left the group. I don't believe that that's a bad way to go at all, but I don't think I'm a shining example of, let me do this business plan and I'm going to meet these goals and then scale my business in five years and 10 years and 15 years. That's never been part of my plan. In fact, I don't want to say I wing it, <laughs> but I kind of have this silent contract with the universe that I know if I show up and deliver my goods, that I will be taken care of. And that's all that I want. 
I like to live well and I do, and I'm very fortunate. So do you find that creates a space for you to be more creative in what you're offering too? Yes. Like today I could totally change three quarters of my business and most people would celebrate with me and go, oh great, something new. Because now they're kind of used to that. I mean, I've done so many different iterations of healing arts and work and so forth that I guess in that artist realm, maybe that's more allowed. But I think in anybody's realm, it's an interesting way when we take the, again, like, why am I doing this? When we answer that question and satisfy the why instead of a dollar amount or a time amount or longevity amount or what have you, that's when we're in the flow. I tell people, I remember years ago, and I'm not by any means saying that I'm rich because I'm not, but I remember receiving a clarity and a message that I don't have to worry about money anymore. It's not a worry. And that doesn't mean that there's not money concerns. It means I truly trust that it's going to be okay. And I know me, I will pick up garbage if I have to, to make money. Like I'll do what's necessary. And in fact, the message to me was more of a message of, I trust myself. Mm-hmm. And in that trust in myself, I have enough freedom to explore and try new things, see how the world responds to that. Because if they don't respond, I trust I'll be able to pay my bills and feed myself. So, and I know not everyone has maybe that luxury, but it's really interesting when we think about our focal point, a lot of people's focal points on fear and lack and not having enough. And if our focal point is on what am I offering? What is my service? And I know that I have everything that I need, then guess what? We typically have everything we need. Yeah. And what I find with the way you look at money and really trusting, like there's always enough and you always have what you need and you're fulfilled and money is coming to you is that it creates opportunity for you to follow different paths to allow it to come in. And I think for everybody, regardless of how they're looking at it, there's times when you have more money and less. Yes. And in the less moments, if you know that you're at the bottom in the valley and you're going to be up on an upswing, it, there's so much more peace in that yes. than being freaked out. Right, exactly. So I love yeah. That. yeah, so how can we create the freedom within ourselves to feel safe? And that's ultimately, I think, what people want. They want to feel safe and to belong and to feel loved and part of the community, whatever community that is. And Mm -hmm. when we don't feel safe, it's very stifling. And safety is a big word. It's our personal safety, it's our financial safety, it's our mental safety, it's our emotional safety. And so how can we feel safe? And again, this is more reason to do our self growth work so that we can, as I said, trust ourselves that I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna close out our time together with that because I think it's so powerful. But if you wouldn't mind sharing where everybody can connect with you. Oh, sure. My website is leahguy.com, L-E-A-H-G-U-Y. And on social media, it's Live. Awesome. Thank you. And everybody, we've got the link to Leah's book, Overcoming Toxic Emotions, down in the show notes, and you can get it wherever books are sold to or your favorite bookseller. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. 
I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 